What is going on, everybody? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. <laughs> um, what's up, man? What's going on, everybody? How you doing? Hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is uh, getting geared up and ready to play some paintball this weekend. I know I am. I can't wait. It's going to be beautiful outside. It's going to be like 80 degree weather. Um, I don't think it's supposed to be windy because I feel like that's what happens in Ohio is it starts to get nice and the weather breaks and the clouds clear up, but then it's windy as shit and it just, it kind of puts a damper on everything. Uh, but I'm trying not to complain too much because the sun is going to be shining and everything and hopefully we have all the cold weather kind of behind us. So that's good news. So yeah, I can't wait to see the guys down uh, down in Columbus this weekend. I'm excited. I'm stoked to play some uh, some team paintball. I'm so excited. I'm gonna take a drink of coffee. Mm. Oh yeah. So <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, yeah. So this episode is with the one and only Thomas Taylor. Man, he is a one of a kind individual who has just over the years has reinvented himself over and over with with all the teams that he's played for he's stepped up to the plate he's been a a dominator on the field he's been a force to be reckoned with on the field and it shows man he's in his 20th year he's doing it up and he he looks younger than ever he looks younger now he is playing like he's younger he's just He's just a beast, and I was so fortunate and happy to be able to talk to him and see his face, and I can't wait to see him at the events. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm stoked. He's um, he's a great dude, and I had a amazing time talking to him. It was so fun. Uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So, yeah, here is the podcast with Thomas Taylor. Fair enough. What's up, man? You got this like life and like kids and a job, and now you decided to play professional paintball again. So I mean, there's a couple things on your plate. A little bit. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It's uh, taking me like two years. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it happens, man. You have how many kids now that you have to you have to take care of and raise and you know put paintball on top of that and a beautiful wife and yeah. It's a Bro, lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, four kids, a uh, couple dogs, lots of life changes the last few years. It's been wild, fam. Yeah, crazy, man. It's been an extra while. But I feel like I've j- I just saw I, you. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, no, <laughs> no. It's been a while. No, <laughs> it's been a while. I don't think we've really changed. I mean, we're both still good looking. We haven't aged much. I mean, no, that's uh, really it's really I going mean, well for. Me. I've I very much try and use the same uh, reverse aging filter every time I do a podcast with somebody, so they always compliment me on my age. So okay, you know, so that's working so far. Um, and yeah, except when I go play well, paintball and I limp all over the place. You do? No, you don't limp. I'm don't okay. Limp. You can't show it. You I try not to. Maybe I, maybe I limp. To disguise that I actually can still play, but I just limp just to 
play it off. Yeah, because if you wimp, they might actually think you're slow, that's which we all know is a lie. <laughs> no, dude, I, I'm not as fast as I used to be, for sure. Well, you may have lost a step, but here's what I tell these kids, right? They come out here, and they want to race, whatever, and every once in a great while, someone still beats me, you know, not very often. Mm-hmm. But they beat, like, paintball fast Thomas, not real-world fast Thomas. Um, but when Thomas was real world fast, Carl made him look slow. So I'm just saying. <laughs> that was I, also a long time I, ago, though. Yeah, it was so long ago. Yeah. De- decades ago. That's what that's what I would love to dive in with you on is like your side of excessive, that whole story. Um, and when I came in during, after and, and really those uh, formidable years that we had on that team and that you had on that team and what it, how it impacted you and your kind of direction afterwards. And because I know that it meant a lot to you. I mean, you were, you were living with Rich at a, at a point, weren't you? Yeah. For like four or five years. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Jeez. That, uh, yeah. What I mean, after I think, I don't know when I moved in with him, but it was probably the first year as excessive, to be honest. And you were coming yeah. over from where? Well, hang on. Let's before okay. we do that. Let's. I, I want to start at the beginning because I want to know how you and Rich, how you and Rich met, how that whole thing happened, your journey to excessive. Let's let's just get into the the dirty dirty right away, and we could just okay. Okay, we're gonna start this off right. This is happening right now. We're just getting into it. Right, right, right from it. We're we're already. All right, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to edit this all later or something. I don't know what you're gonna do here. Nah, don't worry. <laughs> or, or just hit play. <laughs> That's all I do. I just I just hit play, <laughs> see what happens, and uh, okay, and then there it goes. Uh, okay, so, um, I met Rich uh, when. God, man, I don't even know how to start that story without telling the entire story. Please tell the entire story. Okay, the entire story. Okay, so I knew of Rich Telford the year before I went pro because I had gone down to play a tournament in SoCal where I played, uh, met Matt Marshall, and he played with me. And like, um, this is JT when you were on Char- Cartel? Or- yes, on yeah. Cartel. Okay. Yeah. So we went, um, Ironman had taken two Cartel players. Um, from the time I got on, like from Ravage to Cartel, JT Bouchard and um, 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 uh, Mike. Sorry, Mike, I'm forgetting your last name. It'll come to me. Um, would take it, take it to our players. It's been 20, 40 years or something. <laughs> I remember all this. Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'd taken a couple of players. So we went down to play a tournament at Camp Pendleton, but it wasn't called Camp Pendleton, and someone else owned it at the time. Um, it was the other one. You know, there's two two fields in Camp Pendleton. It was like the one that we all go to, and then there's like the recreational one. There yeah. only used to be that one, on the other side of the base. There only used to be that one. So um, our captain called Rich to tell him that essentially he needed to make one of his players play with us because we were short a player, and they kept stealing our players. Uh-huh. And so that, I met Matt Marshall, and that's how I knew of Rich Telford. So that's – didn't know Rich Telford, but that's how I knew Rich Telford was because – you got to think back in those days, social media didn't exist. Yeah. And so it wasn't like you just jumped online. We're like, oh, let's, let's MySpace someone or Facebook someone. That, literally none of that. Yeah, it was all right? pigeons so, like, at that point. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, you st- you sent up a smoke signals, and that's how you met each other. You know, um, so <laughs> uh, uh, that's how I knew of Rich Telford. Now, the uh, following year after we won our world championship with Cartel, or I guess I, I probably met Rich at Cup that year because I, I met all the Ironmen that year. Yeah. Um, right after we won it, we were celebrating, and um, I think I went to talk to uh, JT Bouchard, which had, had started with uh, uh, Cartel and Ravage with me. Um, I would just, you know, tell him and he was congratulating me. And then I, you know, I kind of met Yost and Rich and I think everybody at the time, Catfish, all those guys. The next year or after that season is when I decided that, um, I was going to quit firefighting, quit my job, move to California to freaking be a laborer and try to go pro. And JT said that he would let me know when he was going to Rich's field to practice. Mm. So anytime he would go down to practice, I would either meet him there or I would, you know, I would carpool or i would drive him just any way to get into practice so i could be around pros at that time right so i moved from washington to california so that i had an opportunity to play around pros mm-hmm. that's how that's how much i was going to go pro bro i was like <laughs> no nah, i'm not i won my world champion because you know back then there was only three divisions so yeah. i was like i already two years i've already won it so the only next step is to go pro and no offense to rocky but i wasn't for the dogs i mean yeah you know i, I like that whole crew but just that wasn't my scene i wanted to go right to pro <clears throat> so I met Rich going down to practice. I'd go down there with JT. We'd practice. Um, he'd be practicing with the Ironman, and I would just get in reps wherever I could. Or like um, the team that I played on, Harman, um, the Sasslin, or I'm uh, sorry, that was Bob Long's Ironman at that time. Bob Long's Ironman would come out, and then the California, you know, uh, Rich's team. So that's how I met Rich. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, after that, uh, they ended up getting me a spot on the team. Which, do you know that story? How I got how I got on the team? Uh-uh. Okay, so I'm um, going down to these practices. You know, the off season after I, you know, I win a world championship cartel. Immediately moved to California, quit everything, start going down like every other week with JT whenever they're practicing. I go down to one of the practices. I get down there and there's all these dudes I've never met before. Nikki Cuba's down there trying out for Ironman. And, you, know, you got Oliver laying down there, Alex Ray's down there, even though they weren't on the Ironman anymore. They were, you know, dynasty now. Yeah. But they were helping with this tryout because of their closeness with Rich and Ironman. And so they do a tryout on Saturday, and they're running drills and everything, and they let me run drills with them. And then Sunday morning, oh, that night we all stayed at Rich's house. They, they let us all stay at Rich's house. So, like, I slept on his floor or something. There was, like, 20 dudes there just, like, piled up. <laughs> Remember Rich's floor, that oh, little yeah. front room? I just just bodies laid in there like this, you know, uh, you know, yep. sorry for those of you who are listening. Um, it wasn't a big house, but they were very accommodating. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Rich. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the next morning, go back, go back out to practice and I'm going out there and I'm trying to be, you know, me, I'm a grinder. I'm trying to be first one on the field. I'm out there. I'm going to go get shoot some boards or something. And Rich and Oliver are like, Hey, Hey, Thomas, come here. No, there is like kid. I think is what they called me. Uh, Cause they didn't know my name. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, Hey, come here. And I said, they said, what's up? And they're like, Yo, so you want to be an Ironman next year? And I laughed at him. This is my first like real conversation with Rich, right? Like, I laugh at him. You know, Rich don't take oh, yeah, take stuff like, very what? well. <laughs> like, and he's like, what? And I'm like, oh, and that's when I realized, like, dude, Carl, these dudes are serious. Yeah. Like, I'm like a year or two process. Me practicing, getting my butt kicked. No, I've been in California for like two months. I get offered a pro spot uh, by Rich Telford and Oliver Lane, and I'm like laughing. Think they're just screwing with me, right? Yeah. And so then I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely, definitely. I want to do it, right? Um, and then that's when Rich tells me, well, we're only picking you up because you're fast. And I'm like, 
sweet dog. You got that. You got the same thing. I, I know. I, I know. He always said you told you the same thing. I said, cool, baby. I'll work on the rest. Right. You know, <laughs> teach me, you. teach me. <laughs> Let me go. So, um, I really met Rich Shelford. You know, I basically showed up at his house, stayed the night and he offered me a spot in Iron Man the next day. So, oh, like, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was an inter- introduction by fire. Because yeah. then he proceeded to just beat the living piss out of me every weekend for many, 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 many. So yeah. he made sure that I knew that I, I, I needed to earn my spot. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's all good. It made me who I am today. I'm, I'm okay with it. Oh, yeah. I, I remember when when I first came on, I was like, I remember he pulled me aside. Uh, when I came out, it was the very first week, the, the tryout weekend. He pulled me aside. He goes, hey, kid, more than likely, called me kid, too. He says yeah. we're gonna go. We're gonna go snap shoot. So then we go snap shoot, and one of my first, one of our first engagements, like I, I shoot him, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, that this, like this is awesome. And then thereafter, he continues to just bloody my knuckles, and every, like, just, I, I couldn't hit him after that, and he just obliterated me, and. I, I remember that story to this day. I would love to talk to Rich more about it to see if I'm actually recalling it correctly, but I'm pretty sure so, that's how it went down. I'm guaranteeing that's how it went down because, Carl, people don't believe me. From that time, that, that week, and I'm telling you about, when I left, I said, okay, Rich, you know, what do I got to do? Because clearly I'm just here to be – because I'm fast. Yeah. And I was fast, bro. I mean, you were you were, you were like professional football fast. <laughs> I was – fast i was like track speed you're you were the next level speed right um and he told me him I and he just laid out this list of stuff you need to be here every week in practicing mm-hmm. back then the ironman met like every three months dude right you need to be here every weekend you need a personal trainer so he does this list i do all of it oh, wow. but dude i drove down every single weekend so three hours sometimes three and a half after working a full week of construction just a laborer because i quit my sweet job to come do this paintball <laughs> thing yeah <clears throat> so drive down and he would start each day off with the spool drills you know the spool drills where you get shot in the knuckles mm-hmm. and he would bloody me for a couple hours and we'd run me through drills start off sunday bloody bloody me for a couple hours and send me on my way this happened for six months before 50 50 with him yeah. six months not six days like kids come out to the film after three months they're like yo i don't got it i'm not pro i'm like mm-hmm. dude just imagine giving up six months of your mind and six months of your life and driving home, not being able to hold your steering wheel because your hands hurt so bad. <laughs> They're so bloody knowing that you have to go swing a hammer the next day. Yeah. Just so you can do it again the following weekend, bro. Yeah. And it's your fingers, be, your fingers are all knuckle anyway. So all knuckle. they're, they're, just, they're yeah. just knuckles. That's all they are. They're just, they're just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're great for the hitting, but mm-hmm. they're not great for the getting shot. <laughs> they're not great for the getting shot. Yeah, dude, I can still get, I can, I could probably guarantee that I never got 50-50 with Rich. I don't think I ever did. That That is a very hard thing to do. It is very hard. Like, people do not give Rich enough credit. He hands down one of the top two or three shooters, you know, accuracy snap shooters of all time. Yeah. And I don't care. I know we've all been working on it. We've all progressed. I don't even – it It didn't even make sense to me how much he could shoot me. <laughs> like, whether he was posted, whether he wasn't posted – like the fact that he would just always hit me with that first ball. I mean, I'm like, it, this doesn't even make sense. He just didn't miss. And it was so quick. Like, 
is like if you watch if you watch the videos and everything like the, usually the videos of him and the footage of him he's like usually just holding a lane or he's just he's just like shooting a bunch of paint or something but we when he actually engages in a gunfight i was like holy shit he was one of the main reasons why i was so determined on worrying more about my accuracy than my volume is because he was just so so accurate that it it made it frustrating how accurate he was and i was just like i, I gotta do that i i have to do that right because if you could get up to 75 percent of where he was you were better than 90 percent of paintball players out there it's, it was insane right i mean i got my boy now we're playing i made him start with the mechanical like when we go do drills when we play down i take that electronic out of his hand i'm like no i don't care how fast you can shoot you're gonna make every ball on point because someday you're gonna thank yourself for that because mm-hmm. you can always teach yourself the other stuff if you can put a ball on target every time, I mean, worst case scenario, it's a trade. That's right? basic. I mean, that that is the basic must-do fundamental thing. I do the exact same thing, man. Like, I, I, whenever I do clinics, I teach clinics how I play. Like, I don't know how everybody else does them or anything, but, I mean, I'm going to teach what I know. And what I know is is accuracy, is body uh, um, body language and 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 knowing where your body is at any certain time as far as like diving, sliding, posture, you know, profile, everything like that. But my main thing was like, if y'all can shoot semi, or if y'all know how to switch your guns and everything over to semi, do that now, and we're gonna learn to shoot and hit our targets on what we're shooting. We're not gonna we're not gonna try and throw a bunch of paint at it and hope that one hits it no we're gonna we're gonna put one ball out at a time and we're gonna hit our targets because i mean my whole career was based on that like i just from the like both of ours really like the positions that we played we were the closest to whomever we're playing against uh, positionally right and i think that it's just inherent that we need accuracy because one if we miss the guy, he knows where we are. Now everybody knows where we, are, where we are. If we hit him, at least we have a G, and now it's still a secret where we are. I mean, for the most part, we're talking seven man, right? But, I mean, you can say it for the for the X-Ball side of it a little bit. Right. Um, it's just a right. little bit quicker. But, like, in the seven man, um, it was always like you get there, you, you shoot a couple guys, and they still are trying to figure out what's going on. You can do a lot of damage. A lot of damage. Yeah. Plus, it's easier to shoot somebody when you're closer to them. I like it. I like well. I mean, if you're if if you're a good shot, yes, you sneak one or you're a really good shot. You know, either of those. Yeah, I wasn't much of like shooting somebody from very far away. Like I'll 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 do it, but then I'm like "Ah, I gotta get closer. (laughs) Well, you know, it took me like over half my career to even start working on that because, I mean, everybody just looked at me like, "Hey, go go forward and do it." And be honest. I'd rather be close and shoot people. I like it. I enjoy it. Like coming off bloody, but knowing you bloodied them more. Go, oh, give me some, bro. Oh, yeah. I truly enjoy it. Some people up there like, ooh, I don't want to get bunkered. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't want to get bunkered. You want to bunker them. The whole point is you get to bunker. Yes, they're going to get you every now but and then. But you have to be at risk of getting bunkered. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, absolutely. Yeah, that's the only way. That, I mean, I realize that, I think very early especially trying wanting to play the position that i played was you have to put yourself at risk of getting bunkered or or being seen or whatever it is if you want to be the most forward you know 
uh, playing player or be somebody who sneaks into spots or anywhere in that mix, you have to be willing to get your back ripped apart. And it's going to happen. Like you, it, it hands down is going to happen because you're playing the best in the world or even coming up. You're just going to be in that position where it's just going to happen. Um, and right. it might happen more times than not, but it's you, you have to be able to, and, and be willing to take the risk in order to reap the reward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I so saw you run through more a bunch others. of times. <laughs> hey, I am, you know, now they let me stand on my feet a lot, you know, like I'm not always a snake guy. It's even more fun because you never even get tired. Right. <laughs> it's like you get out, you get out of the snake and it's this whole new world. It's like. A whole new world. You're like, oh my god! Look at all this shit you can see. It's amazing. All these years of everybody coming off the field, like, oh, give me water. I can't play another point. I'm so gassed. Liars! <laughs> you are liars. There's no way you were on your feet. You should never be tired. Like, if you're huffing and puffing, go hit the treadmill, fatty. What's going on here? Like, seriously, get some rest. Drink one less beer at night. I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing something wrong. Like, honestly, how fun is the middle of the field and the Dorito side of the field? It's great. It's so much fun. Like, it's great. And like, it's generally like, dude, you put you, you kill a dude, or you put one person in, and you're gone. Or like the snake. There's just It's just this battle of attrition and grinding and... And it's just it's it's so different now that I've been playing everywhere. Like, it takes so much more to play the snake, dude. It yeah. just takes so much more. Yeah, a lot you of know, youth. Why are you getting lucky? Yeah, a lot of youth. Why are you getting lucky and you're shooting them off the break and you getting out there by yourself, um, and then you just being able to take a bunch of ground? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a ton of ton of work. Where there's the snap shooting and the angles and staying small and the crawling and the you know the running and then just you know, it's just it is it is so much more. The snake position does not get enough credit. I mean, it gets a lot of glory when you're winning right um you get a lot of flack when you're losing but what it takes to play the snake is just it's unforgiving so i'm glad they pushed me into it yeah yeah absolutely yeah i uh i want to get your take on on this what kind of snake do you prefer connected or segmented so as in like a beam with a whatever a cake or a brick now or mini W and then a space and then a, and then one. Yeah, so yeah. So like a full just connected ladder snake or a gapped snake to where you have to like check a gap before you go. I'm always a fan. Uh, well, I, I like ladder snakes better, obviously. Cause I'm for real confident with my gun finding left handed and right handed. Um, um, so, um, but I will tell you this. The only thing I truly care about in a snake, Carl, is that there is a, a benefit to going past the 50. That's all I care about, mm-hmm. um, whether it's segmented or whether it's a, um, um, you know, it's a ladder snake, whether it's a diamond shaped snake, wh- whatever you're going to put on the snake side. It's these fields they've created and, and the last couple actually have been uh, World Cups was was here and there, you know, but um, I, I kind of like World Cups anyways. Mm-hmm. But um is no uh if the risk is it if the reward isn't greater than the risk to pass the 50 on a snake then why even make a snake just make two Dorito sides yeah right because there's really what's the point of all that work and people aren't going to put in the work and that's when the fields really slow down because it, you know it doesn't behoove you so when they make the snakes let's use the segmented snake for instance mm-hmm. right and they make one but the way it sits like best case scenario you're going to 
maybe the 50, right? Depending on how they they do the segments. But if you're 24, they're just in the open, mm-hmm. right? Or you're just going to trade with someone. That I don't like because I don't think it's good to – I don't think it's conducive to fun games to watch. Yeah. Um, and then it becomes really unfun to play because really you just get to the best spot. Side, every each team decides we like snake one or snake two or snake three, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We're going to get here and we're just going to hold this spot until the other team makes a mistake. So um, I, I know that was a long way to answer your question, but <laughs> I, I, I enjoy them both, I guess is really what I'm saying. Yeah. As long as there is a reason, as long as they create it in a way – that pass is conducive to helping your team win the game. And there's a real reward for doing it um, over. Well, if I go there, maybe I get one or, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping to trade with someone, you know, so I don't, I don't really, yeah. I don't really like it when they make films like that. Yeah. I know what you mean. I'm, I feel the same way. I feel, well, I don't really like ladder snakes. I feel like ladder snakes are to me are just like kind of a gimme almost like, because if you shoot and control the wire, for the most part, you can pretty much just go down until you bunker out the guy or whatever. But I feel like with a segmented snake, and this is just my personal preference, is like you have to do the work to get to the next spot to like tape, wrap, put in, go forward. And that like that kind of movement down the field. But I think the reason I like that is because it makes it feel almost like a Dorito side. Because a Dorito side is a lot of like tape, wrap, put in go um and with the snake really all you had to worry about especially connected snake is kind of just heads up yeah yeah and i mean i guess that's yes and no it kind of depends on how the layout set is there a tall wedge near near someone can shoot yeah. down on top of you crawling around it when they were little cakes obviously yeah a ladder snake if you shoot yeah. it in front of you gone right because no one can around a little cake but you put these bricks in there and it kind of saints in the finals you know, we ashing paint, so really you had to get pretty close to him, mm-hmm. right? And I think Mouse ran the, the snake on us like three points in a row. The only time I caught him is I ran straight to that stand-up wedge, and I shot him going around snake one. Yeah. Because I couldn't get my paint in a small enough gap, because that gap, um, you didn't play the first event, but you might have practiced it. Mm-hmm. That gap between the pin and the snake was like, well, you know, we're talking like 12 to 18 inches, but from across the field, from the back center, you, yeah. can't, you have to have very straight paint to get paint into that little that little spot, right? Um mm-hmm. Where, um, you know, uh, but because we knew he was going, I just ran straight to the wedge. And because the brick, even though it's a ladder snake, the brick puts it out, you know, six feet, right? Or was it set inside? It's either it's either four to six feet out, depending on how they set the brick on the beam. They have to go around it. It's really not a ladder snake if you can be tall and looking inside because you can't just go around the cake unseen. Does that make right, sense? Right. Yeah. right? So, um, so you can. I guess right, field, field dependent. Can, yeah. Yes. Sometimes ladder snakes can. I mean, some of those seven-man ladder snakes, get out of here, son. You shoot the first dude, and you're gone. You just keep going. And, well, I mean, the, the field was super skinny and really long, so there wasn't really those side shots that we're talking about didn't really exist, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you just shot the person, you're like, sweet, num, 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 num. <laughs> Crawl on their side, get a couple more. <laughs> you know, that's what I was yeah. waiting for, to come back. I was waiting to come back in your 20th season. You did a uh, you did a great job. Good timing. Good timing. <laughs> um, yeah, you played like what, like fourteen seasons between all your retirements, or what? Twelve. Twelve. Mm-hmm. Twelve seasons, Carl. So, so I counted it. I'm pretty sure I counted it right because it was at least pro. It was twelve. Okay. All right. Two thousand four to two thousand nine. Okay. And then I 
jumped back in halfway through in 13 and then went from 13 to 18. Got it. And uh, 13 to 18 was X-Factor? Or Uh, X-Factor and Aftershock? 13 Aftershock, 14 Aftershock, 15 X-Factor, and then 16, 17, 18 were Aftershock. Oh, wow. You did spend that many years in Aftershock, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Why do I think you were the X-Factor longer? I don't know. Felt like you were there longer. It was a weird. That was a weird season because I felt. I felt like I. I learned a lot on how uh, great of a person Alex is, and then also how a different, uh, very well ran professional program is run. And then I also realized how much it matters on cohesion of teammates, and just a team in general, um, and really working as a unit and everything. Not that I. Not that I didn't really know that before. Just I guess it's more or less like how much it really matters when I was on that team. Right. Right. It was a hard shell to crack. Yeah, the uh, X Factor was really tight. That you'd have been together a long time when you got on that team, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you kind of came in, and they had they hadn't had much turnover in a while. I don't think so, because I think. Skemp was on the team at the time, I believe, and then I don't think they really had anybody else that was like new. Um, but yeah, it was a crazy season. What What were you doing in 2015? Who were you playing for? 15. Yeah, would have been. Was that Heat? Houston Heat, maybe. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. So wh- where were you at before Heat, and then how did the Heat thing go down? I was still with Excessive. Oh, that's so I stayed, with the, I stayed with Excessive. I think maybe my years are getting jumbled now. I don't know how many years I've been on Infamous, but um, I have it on my website. I can go look it up. <laughs> it's written down somewhere. <laughs> um, Digital memory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I stayed on Excessive until really uh, – and, you know, I, until I realized me staying there was, it was no longer like about being able to, um, uh, necessarily create a top pro team. It was, it was to the point where I felt I put more than my dues in that, you know, I could always say I bleed excessive. Um, and I just had to go do something for me. I mean, it was, it was just costing me too much, you know, time, energy and effort. Mm-hmm. to do it and to play on excessive at the time. I mean, I was playing in Canada, I'm playing in all these other leagues and I'm making more money doing all these other things. And I wasn't on excessive for the money. Just, yeah. you know, life, it was catching up to me. Like you said, you've had to take some breaks. So instead of just taking a break and be like, yo, I got to go focus on life. I got kids, I got a wife. I just, just, just isn't working. It's taking too much of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I'd already met Sarge and Mama D and, uh, I played against those guys a lot in Canada for the CXBL. And then the year before they had created heat and Sarge and I would talk all the time. And, um, uh, that I think I was working for key, uh, JT Splatmaster. I was running, uh, me and Nikki and, uh, Michael Lowry were, uh, we're running, uh, the JT Splatmaster stuff. So that came to an end. They decided to quit that program and I'm like, well, I don't have this program I need to do something else if I'm going to continue to play paintball at all right so it was kind of one of those 
do I retire? Do I find a new team? And, um, yeah, so, you know, I, I reached out to Sarge, or maybe Sarge had reached out to me to see how I was doing. I can't remember exactly, and, when, and I just was real with him, like, hey, man, like, you know, what, what's going on with you? And they were, all the Russians were leaving to go to play with our chaos. They were looking to pick up bodies. Oh, that's right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess they flew me down, and we, we chatted for a while. Like I said, we were already, we were already good friends. And, and then I had the maid, like, it was like at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, just, we'll just do this, right? And then it was like, oh, oh, I'm going to do this, right? Like, you know, because excessive, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people I think could say they're excessive, right? You know, Micah started excessive, right? I mean, he's really, truly the reason ex- excessive exists. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, his time was shorter lived uh, because of the, you know, picking up a bunch of bodies and the energy thing. And, you know, I mean, that's a whole other story we could talk about for hours. Um, but, you know, when it came down to the end of it, right? I mean, really, if you look at the founders of being there, even though I wasn't one of the ones that started it, but I came in in the beginning because I was with Iron Man when they all left, mm. you know, I kind of felt like Micah, Rich, and myself were excessive, right? I mean, that what is what excessive was. Yes, we had, you know, the Davies and the Nickies and all the people there to start it, but they left the second there was any trouble, right? You know, I mean, they're always going to be part of the excessive story. Yeah. You know? I mean, that, that, there's not, that doesn't change that. But when it comes to what is excessive, you know, Neil, he was part of the real excessive, right? You know, like, we came from the Ironman. We started this together. Like, mm-hmm. Neil and I had just gone pro. Like, why are we going to leave Ironman, man? Like, we, we, we just went pro. Like, yeah. you know, like, we were we played really well for our first season, right? So Neil was nasty. Always was. Always will be. He's yeah. a gangster. He's good at paintball. He's just one of those naturals, you know? I mean, he's just, just really good at it. So, but yeah, so um, I, I'm pretty sure that was either my first or second season on Heat. When you went to uh, X Factor, we were okay. I, I think I went there 2014, if I remember correctly. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, uh, could have been 2015. It was. I, I spent like two seasons there for sure. I don't know. Maybe it was my first year with Heat. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I can, I can I can switch to a different page here. Well, I would love <laughs> you know talking more about um talking more about excessive. That was because my when I was on excessive, it was it was end of 04. 05, yeah. 06, yeah. which to me I feel like was like the meat and potatoes of of excessive. Yeah, like that was. Dude, those are some great times. The best times. So so and, crazy. And the height of paintball, right? I mean, yeah. even to this day, I know where. I mean, everybody says paintball is big, and it is big, and the events are big. Trust me, from a guy that runs a field, general manages a guy that's owned a field, you know. Paintball's big right now. It is really big. I mean, it's it's uh, it's made a full swing, um, but nothing compares to those times, brother. Yeah. I mean, you you paintball was 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 wild. It was crazy. We were rock stars, and and we had a rock star team, and and uh, I mean, all the stars aligned, right? I mean, to come in and do it. That was that was the best time of paintball, at least in my lifetime so far. You know, mm-hmm. and. Um, you got to enjoy like the best time. And honestly, you got to be part of one of, I think the coolest stories ever to exist in paintball. I mean, you know, I mean, outside of dynasty, which you got to give it to him hands down, these old suckers running around shooting everybody. Yo, (laughs) I mean, get it. No, no, absolutely. Yo, Ryan Greenspan, Alex Frazier, like, yo, gangsters. Oh, geez. Love them. You know, like, I mean, all the animosity you had battling them out back in the day. And now I'm just like, 
I love these dudes. They're like, you know, they're, they're my dudes, right? We're the OGs still doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we haven't taken a break. We're just out here shooting people still, right? You know, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, you got to be part of what I think was was still the, the coolest part of paintball and has to be still the coolest part of my career, even though I have so many other stories to tell. Uh, I mean, paintball was wild, dude. We had our own TV shows. We were on multiple networks. You could go into any Walmart and you could see Thomas Taylor. I was on boxes. Yeah. You know, you mean you go, you know, you go to any sporting goods store. There's Thomas Taylor on every box and like you know paintballs and gear. Like I mean, you paintball was wild, bro. Like it was just a different animal back then, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and excessive was just, uh, you know, I could, I guess I could probably, and I probably thank Mike a ton of times. So I probably haven't thanked him enough for just, you know, pulling us out of our comfort zone. Um, and trying to start excessive and then and then getting rich on board and, and that being the catalyst to make it all happen. I mean, I feel blessed to be a part of that story. dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, for for those kids that are listening to Carl, I'm sure if you listen to Carl, you've watched Heroes for a day. But, <laughs> dude, go and watch it because paintball was no cooler than it was then. Yeah. I mean, across the world, worldwide, it, was, it wasn't cooler. Yeah. And, um, what, and what better person than Micah to do that? To, to start the you know because he was he's so low key but he's also very um very much voicing his opinion too but he's like he's not like super hype guy you know what I mean no he's just very grounded low key but he will tell you how it is how he feels uh what he thinks it should be how it is it's just like it's such a great guy too I mean and 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 with a vision he had a vision of what he wanted the team to be and. Uh, I was very fortunate to come in at the time that I did because I feel like I feel like I came in right when the wheels were starting to turn, like right. to gaining traction, mm-hmm. and like obviously I think it would be cool to see the whole thing from Dynasty's perspective, obviously being the top team, being who they are and everything, but and and, and what they were chasing was the win. I mean, what we were too, but we, but they were the stone in the way for us. Mm-hmm. So we were chasing them and then chasing the win, right? And it was like, it was such a cool thing from our perspective, at least from my perspective, like having that, like, those are the bad guys, you know, quote unquote, you know, air quotes. Right. So it's like you, you have this. And at the time with paintball, you had the story being built on its own because we would do, we would do well and it would always come down to, you know, us two or, you know, another team would squeak in here and there, but it would always come down to us. And it was just that, that perfect storm of like, of just paintball madness happening. And, and we were not going to win, you know, we weren't going to the tournament to win. We were going to the tournament to beat dynasty, which in the end was like to win the tournament because it was always finals or whatnot. But but it right. was just such a cool, cool time, and and seeing all you guys and and the emotion that came because I think that's another thing with with excessive was that was my uh, my first real take on emotion and passion being mixed in with the game, like because before then with Tipman Effect it was a lot of just kid angst, right, and just like just show up, play a bunch of paintball, not really have any kind of format or any like structure, but just very, very light structure, but just like being a kid, show up, just play your ass off. And, 
kind of sort of be guided in a way. But it was really when I got on Excessive and I became a part of that program, I, I really felt this, you know, true north direction of what the end goal was and how passionate and, and, and emotional everybody was about this game, about the team and about wanting to win and be the best. And I think that was another thing that really contributed. It wasn't necessarily all the plays and the drills and everything, but it was a lot of like the 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 meetings and the chats and the talks and the and the and the vibe that really helped me kind of find myself in uh, as a paintball player. Yeah, I mean, you stepped into a a whirlwind of a situation. Speaking of that, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have come on here and you, you talk you talk to a lot of people, but has anybody ever talked about you at the Tipman Effect days? Here and there. Yeah, so all you listeners out there, let me introduce you to Carl, the speedster, <laughs> Markowski. <laughs> the old Wazowski. When we first noticed Carl, we were playing him, um, I want to say it was in Tampa. Pretty sure it was Tampa. Eh, I could be wrong in the location, but... I know exactly what the field looks like because there was a 50 on the right-hand side that no one went to. We break out, and there is this bolt of lightning, and someone is in that right 50. We don't know who it is, but this kid is shooting at us. And we were like, how in God's green earth did someone make this bunker? And if I remember correctly, Rich was even shooting that way, and he gravely underestimated where he was supposed to be shooting. <laughs> so – so we come to find out. We win the game. Carl does shoot a couple of us, if I remember correctly. Um, we go down the other side of the field. We win the game, and then we go get him. Um, and that's when we first realized, well, who's that kid? We're like, man, that kid was fast, boy. Like, that don't even make no sense. Like, no one was running this bunker. No one was running it. And then, and then we played at Vegas. Uh, Vegas, yes, Vegas. And we had to play him on a field where, uh, like, a pipe had broke or something. I remember instinctively because there was, like, a diamond snake thingy on the one side. And it's full of water. And Rich tells me I'm going to the 50 out the break. And I know this fast kid's going to the 50 on the break. <laughs> all right, I'm right. All right, sure, I'll run this kid down. We both take off sprint, and I cut. And I can already tell he's ahead of me. I'm like, dang, he's ahead of me. So I dive in. I dive on gun up, ready. And Carl, boom, slides right past the bunker. He didn't even stop at the 50. He just keeps going by, on by the bunker. Now, he didn't know his own speed yet, and the ground was wet. So I gave him, I gave him the benefit of the I also got doubt. shot in the top of the head. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he dies, but not only did he beat me to the 50, he slid past me. Just just right on by. Boom! Goes on by. I think I gave him a couple extra just to make sure he was dead <laughs> as he slid past. Yeah. <laughs> but, but after that game, that's when I was like, yo, Rich. Yeah, I'm fast, man, but that kid fast. Like, you know, he, he we gotta teach him how to stop. I don't know if he has any brakes <laughs> yet, but if he could we could stop him somewhere, <laughs> like he might actually shoot a lot of people. <laughs> so so for those you don't know, that's that is literally when Rich tells me he picked me up because we we're fast, we picked up Carl because we're like, yo, this kid is fast. And to be fair, the first time we played you, I think you shot two of us um, from that from that 50. I don't remember if you remember it was. I think it was Tampa, right? Am I, am I remembering the right um, location? It, it might have been Tampa or Denver. No, it wasn't Denver because it was in the sand. Well, then that – yeah, that would have been Tampa because I remember we played, we played Arsenal. Um, Arsenal and Denver, and we almost – we almost beat them, but 
I thought we I thought we beat you guys before. I it's possible. I thought we lost all kinds of random games that first year. <laughs> I mean, dude, we'd go out, we we'd go out, we would just smoke like a good team, and then we roll out there and we'd get beat by like I don't need gummy bears or something, you know, like <laughs> the local like no no the SoCal team would just just beat the brakes off of us, and then we'd go fight it out in the pits and be like. <laughs> Yeah, there's you know we played Dynasty in Denver that 04 season and we shot uh we shot five of them um and we almost won that one I think it was just we had a timid effect was weird right because it was like first off it's like hey uh Carl use this Tipman 98 um with a halo and a 16 inch freak junior barrel and then also a giant 6845 tank and do it well and just go to the bunker very, you know, but I was always, I mean, they would always say, you know, Carl, go to the 30 or the 40. And then, but then how I always looked at the field was, um, I always liked looking at spots and going, I could totally make that like, and just, and just kind of visualizing and it got better as I got more seasoned, but really visualizing, um, a route and how I would take it. And look at it from the shooter's perspective. Like that's one of the first things I do uh, whenever I'm walking a field is I go directly to the start gate, and I, I I go to the start gate and I look around and I see exactly right away what everybody's gonna see from every starting position, whether you're starting from the Dorito side or Snake side. I start there because those are the guys that are gonna shoot me. So I figured the best way to find a route is to start from where the guys are gonna shoot me at, right? So I start there, and then I just kind of start visualizing from there and slowly work my way to the spot that I'm going to play or that I think that I can make. Um, and I've just always did that, whether it be a five-man field or a seven-man or X-ball uh, field or, or seven-man field. And I just always thought that I could push it enough to make the other team sweat, whether it be a 50 or their 40 or whatever it is, just enough to be able to, like, turn guns or do whatever. And, but... That's the fun. That's it was fun while it lasted. Well, I mean, and, and you could do that even more in seven man, right? And you could do it yeah. even more in ten man, where you could really, you mean. So the year before that, I went you know pro with Ironman when we won that ten man with a uh, with cartel. And that was the only season I played ten man. I'm mean, full season. Yeah. You know, we would always go out there and you spend forever walking these six, five, six different fields. You know, and you'd find these spots that you're supposed to go. And then the, you know, and I'd always tell myself the same thing. Well, if I run up here and I'm doing this, then if no one's shooting, then I'm just going to run to this. Yeah. A lot of people didn't think like that back then, right? You know, so, I mean, the reason I did really well in 10 man is because I just went to bunkers people never expected me to be in. Yeah. Right? You know, you, you, you go to a 50 or their 40 and they're not expecting it off the break, especially on a bigger field, seven man field, 10 man field. Yeah. And people are like playing off their bunkers and stuff. You pop up, you fire six eight balls and you shoot two or three people you know and you're like <laughs> sweet dog peace out yeah. right you know i mean um uh, but yeah i you uh you had that same thing about you like you could just tell like you had and you always had this like you know people always say you know hey we need to race right i need to race carl okay that's one thing but you had like your racing speed but when you were paintball speed, you'd be running and I would see someone shoot at you and then you would like speed up. Like it wasn't natural that you could speed up in the middle of already running full speed. Like you would you know, like 
you would change from like, you know, 90 degrees to 20 degrees off the ground and you would speed up somehow. Like, <laughs> like, dude, you had that, that's that just that extra kick in, which I don't even think you can do in like, a, you know, if we're just going to sit here and race, right? Like, you know, yeah. you know, I mean, it just doesn't even exist. So well, racing you know. is very linear too, right? It was, it's right. just A to B, but like, I feel like paintball movement is... I, I like doing that. I enjoy doing that more than than lining up on a line and saying race. I'm just like I'm not into it at all, and like and I don't even care. I, I honestly do not care whether or not I'm the fastest, or even back then whether or not I was the fastest guy. I, I didn't because I just I cared more about how I played and and controlling my body on the field than some just you know, it's statistic. Like, dude, I think it was cool. Yeah, it's cool. I think I could be the fastest guy, but it, it didn't just, it didn't matter to me. It wasn't something that I was like, that I had to have. Right. You didn't put that on your belt. Like, look no. at here's my award. Cause it doesn't matter. Like to me, it just doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's cool for people to like to debate about and talk about and everything. But like, I, it's, it's something for me, like, and I, I'm trying not to sound like, conceited when i'm like oh it doesn't matter if i'm the fastest guy like it's it's not how i'm trying to make it sound because obviously being the fastest paintball player to play the game is a cool status but it, it i don't i'd never let it and if that was the case if i was i don't know if i was but if i i never let that kind of direct how i play or like put a veil over you know my play style or whatever it is like i didn't let it sidetrack me because it just it didn't matter. I mean, it's a nice accolade. It's cool. Yeah. But what are you doing with it, right? At the end of the <laughs> exactly. day, it doesn't matter. What are you doing something with? You could be do the I get a plaque for it? Guy. What, 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 are you, what are you doing with it, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. how many trophies did it put on the wall? That's what it really matters, right? You yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you know, so. You know what I thought was always cool about Excessive was in the early days when everybody shot their own marker. That was pretty crazy, right? Because people had their own, like, all their own stuff, right? Like, um, I thought it was sweet. Uh, with WGP, we had. Um, you shot uh, the Iron Man uh, Matrix. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I mean, obviously, I only played one year Iron Man. I wasn't getting, like, offers like Matt Marshall to, like, you know, get a bunch of guns. So um, I shot the Iron Man Matrix for the longest time. Those were and sweet, though. To this day, shot so good. nothing shot as close to an autococker as the original Matrix. Nothing did. I mean, shot characteristics, you know, just that ball on ball. You only need one ball. Once again, like you said, we were we were front guys. I didn't mm-hmm. need a bunch of balls. I just need one really good ball, right? You know, so or two, yeah, or two, right? Well, I mean, yeah, probably two good was, balls is better than one good ball. But yeah, I mean, well, if I you only have one I good brought, ball, <laughs> sometimes I brought seven good balls, you know, so I could shoot all of them. But you know, there I you like go. to mix it up. Say something for my friends, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, but. Uh, but uh, you know, those are good shooting guns, dude. I mean, they're crazy. Uh, yeah. You know, I think when they uh, when they sold the die and they, they they focused on the shrinking of the uh, the gun, it changed a lot of how the gun worked, the shot characteristic, the reliability, a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder so, if it's kind of like a revolver. Like it doesn't seem like because back then I felt like it was a super soft shot, but I think because of the weight of the marker, kind of balanced it out from the actual you know absolutely the kick itself absolutely that's why like when you know kids come to me like oh i want this carbon fiber barrel or i want this one i'm like nah you want a heavy barrel 
you want a long gun, like go around and look at what people shoot in real life, not in our, in our, you know, toy world. And, and then apply that to what we do. Like mm-hmm. this whole idea, get a small, short, stacky gun right up against your face that weighs a half an ounce. Yeah. Your accuracy is going through the freaking garbage. It's yeah. done, dude. It's over, you know? So, um, no, but it, it was, it was really cool. That I mean, the whole, the whole, and it was different because everybody else back then, think about it, like did have a sponsor or wanted a sponsor, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even now I got, you know, teams of first year, how do we get this sponsorship? And I'm like, well, it's a discount on this product. We'll buy 12 of them. Okay, cool, right? I mean, because that's what sponsorship is, right? Yeah. You know? And, um, you know, if, if you don't need it, don't get it. Shoot what you want, right? Like, yeah. so it was kind of like rebel-esque of us to show up, have really good backing and be like, yeah, we're just going to shoot whatever we want. I wanted to be right. the most different. Like I wanted right. to shoot the most oddball, like different color from everybody else. It's like everybody now I feel like is so worried about looking like the guy next to him, looking like a team. But I feel like the essence of paintball is everybody, because you can't see your face, is having wearing your personality. Bro, you're speaking to the Mohawk. I was just going to say, I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> I was like, this fucker wore a goddamn Mohawk for how long? Ten years, though. <laughs> yeah. The question is, does the curtain match the drapes? Oh, I bet it did. It, it, <laughs> yeah, but it probably did. I, I can't remember, but I definitely did it at least once for sure. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> oh, my God. So how did that come about? Because I know, because I know that Nikki Vegas had a mohawk as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, uh, people would do mohawks on and off all the time. So I've told this story a lot because um, people people have said, "Well, Nikki Vegas had a mohawk first. I I think he did a mohawk before I did. Absolutely. Um, Alex Rage would wear mohawks on and off, right? Like True. he was he was doing he was he's in, and Alex Rage is real punk rock. Like you you know you know I'm like yeah he's real punk rock, not like just uh, you know. Let's just shave a mohawk just because it's it's he like he had a, cool a fucking thing do, spider right? web in his head. Dude, yeah. The dude the dude's <laughs> legit, that? right? Like yeah, absolutely I do. Um right, so um but like if you go back and you look through just my history of who I was in sports, I've always done crazy stuff with my hair. It didn't matter if it was football or wrestling or like, you know, I was just I, I just I don't know. It was like the one thing I could mess with growing up. You know, one time I had a long ponytail. One time I had a front ponytail. <laughs> bring I don't even back. know what it was. Bring, I it, bring back the front ponytail. Dude, it was so like, – I look back at <laughs> pictures of my high school. I have a book over here. We're looking back at them. And like, uh, okay, you guys ain't going to watch this. You can't see this. But no joke. No joke. I'm going to put this back on. Hold on, Carl. Am I back? All right. I only had this hair right here. Everything else was shaved. Oh, my God. Right? Like, no joke. Like, so everything, just just the front, and it was like this long. <laughs> Right. Um, and so like, I've always done that. Like I've always dyed my hair, you know, blonde and red and blue and, you know, um, you do have so really good hair. My, my hair grows in. It's very luscious. Yeah, it is. No gray I, I, I don't see any gray. I don't, it, it's very full, very yeah. dark. And, and it's, and it, and it, and it, and it just naturally froze up, dude. Like yeah. it goes up. So, um, I'm jealous. If I remember correctly, uh, you in people that have listened to my stories before, they can correct me if I'm, I'm missing some details. I had decided I was going to grow my hair out. It was like I hadn't grown it out since like, you know, probably middle school. So I'm like, since, I'm just going to grow my hair out since the front. Was just let it out. 
<laughs> no, I mean all of it. I was going to grow all of it. Yes, that's the front was growing out. Um, I got to tell you, when I was a little kid, I had a ponytail that was like, and I did, I did it oh, all I bet right. you braided it too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, I don't think I did that. But um, I don't know. My mom might have, dude. Who knows? You know, I can't remember. I was young. If mom does it, that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna grow my hair out. I'm gonna get real long. I just wanted long hair. I was just, gonna, I was feeling it. But look at this hair, dude. It just sticks straight up. So we're like midsummer. It's my first summer, I think, like full summer in Modesto, and I am dying. You know, the, they they literally say where Modesto is the people where the place where people go to die. It's like 118 week after week. I am just. I remember being smoked and I was too cheap to go like uh, go get a haircut. Yeah. So I went in the bathroom and I was just buzzing it like I'm just going to buzz it off. And so like first I buzz in like, you know, some like weird stuff and I'm, I'm just goofing around in the bathroom with myself. Right. No one's around. And then I shave it up to the middle. And like right now I probably have like four or five inch hair. I mean, I had like eight inch hair and I'm like, dude, that'd be hella sweet. I can get that really tall. So then I shave it all off and I'm making like these spikes and stuff. And then I just left it, right? I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, I'm like, oh, dude, I should dye like those spikes, like different colors. That'd be sweet. And then we go to a tournament and, you know, and then, you know, it just, it just happened, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I had the big mutton chops at the time. Cause like I said, I'd let everything grow out. So it was just, it was just kind of organic. It just happened one day and I kept it. And then after keeping it for, you know, six months and a bunch of events and we're winning, and then people are just like, oh, what's the next Mohawk going to be? So then it just became a thing, right? Uh, you know, it's like, right? It just became a thing. So I was like, well, I don't mind it. And honestly, people, if you ever want to save money on haircuts, just get a Mohawk. You can do it yourself. You just buzz this thing sides, bro. Like, I didn't spend money on a haircut for like 10 years, dude. It was the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's how it came about. It was not, it was not planned. Uh, like I said, the, the plan was to grow her long, baby, mm -hmm. and that did not work. I couldn't, I couldn't take the heat. Couldn't. Yeah. So, um, but when it comes to the dying and all that stuff, that was always going to happen. It doesn't matter if I had short hair, long hair. When I got picked up on Ironman, um, I had like, um, like medium hair, and it was like random bleach, you know, like Surfer Boy, you know, Puka Shells. You know how mm -hmm. we did all that way oh, back yeah. in the day. Yeah, you yeah. know, and now <laughs> that was one of the reasons they called me the troll. They're like, oh, he has troll hair, right? Because it was dyed different colors, right? So. It, it, I thought it was your hair. tiny ears. Oh, there's a lot of them. Hands, <laughs> ears, hair. <laughs> they they came up with all kinds of stuff. You know the real story though. Why why they call me troll? I you lived in a hole for a year. Under a bridge. You got to get this right. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> hole bridge. Yeah, that's it. No, so when they picked me up, like I told you that day when they called me kid, they mm -hmm. legit didn't know my name, Carl. Because well, I have a jersey that said Thomas at the time, and mm -hmm. I had a jersey that said Taylor. Because back then, not everybody put their first and last names. It was still like, pay all still evolving. Do you put names on it at all? Do you put your first name? Do you put your last name? Do you put both? Mm -hmm. So instead of someone just having the cojones to be like, hey, man, is your name Thomas or is your name Taylor? They called me every T name in the book. You know, you know, just think of anything that starts with T, and they would call me that. And I thought it was just part of the hazing. And so one day, someone said troll. And then they were like, oh, look, that's when it was like, oh, look at his ears. Look at his hair. Look at his hands. <laughs> look at his feet. They're wide. They're fat and wide. And look, oh how, look how big they are. <laughs> right? You know? And then I got upset about it. That was, come on. You clearly don't get upset about having someone call. And then it stuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Once they notice you get upset about it, they're like, uh, yeah. and it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought I'd go with it. And then that was really over. You know, Micah, though, I credit to him. 
when everybody was making fun of me, he always made it fun. He made like a song for it. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> he made like a tune to it, like do 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 do, Trump Patrol, and he would have his little thing. <laughs> <laughs> he's team fun baby he always made oh, yeah. fun <laughs> yeah he's big Pikachu. yeah yeah um, uh, so, Mikachu. Uh, Mikachu. yeah it was uh did talking about the hazing back then how much worse was the hazing back then than compared to like not i'm not i'm not saying personally like through your career but like in the beginning like because obviously I went through some too on, on some of the different teams that I've been on and obviously, in, you know, in excessive. But do you even think there's even like hazing now? Or or I wouldn't say like I don't hazing because hazing, hazing sounds so harsh. No, no, no. There was hazing. There was real hazing. <laughs> there is nothing of the sort now. Like when you got picked up, you did everything. Like someone needed to ride from the airport. Don't even ask. You're doing it. Yeah. Pods are dirty. You're cleaning them. Someone's going to get yelled at. You're getting yelled at. Like, I mean, like. You and 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 I, I think all sports have changed just in general. But like mm-hmm. you know, it reminded me of my real football days, like you know my hell weeks. But it went on forever. Like it didn't end because you only saw the guys every few weeks, right? So yeah. it wasn't like you could get it out in six weeks or eight weeks of a real sport. This is it went on for a stinking year, right? Just um, no, I mean I don't even if kids people think that they're getting hazed now oh lord the world's gone soft because <laughs> they have no clue no clue paintball was a man sport when we started dude yeah. you gotta think about it it was a man sport mm-hmm. you know um and by that for you know using the word man i want to be specific it was a older grittier male no holds bar male dominant just a different Club. type of human being. Yes, you were you you either were in and you made it or you were out. And there was no in between. Like, you know, um it just wasn't a thing. It wasn't built like we do paintball now around families and uh, you know, kids events and birthday mm-hmm. parties. That was not paintball. No. That wasn't even remotely paintball. It yeah. was it was a different animal. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I don't think there's any sort of hazing. Not, not nothing. In, no. No, I remember something. I, I I don't know if the intention was to be like that or what it was, but I remember when I joined the team, and it might not even of when I joined the team. It might have been on the practice weekend where I was trying out. Um, Rich and I think I was. I was maybe 16 or 17 at the time. So I just started driving like on my own, just started driving for not that long. And then I remember I, I I went out to California, went to Modesto and then rich made me drive his giant, like whatever it was, SUV or truck, whatever it was. He made me drive the Escalade baby. I was so nervous. My butthole was so puckered. It was just like, I was so nervous doing it because because he was like, "You're driving." I'm like, "Huh? I'm doing what?" He goes, "You're driving." Okay. <laughs> just like white the escalade with the escalated with the spinners, dog. He had spinners. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god, Rich! It's so cheesy. <laughs> it's so cheesy, dude. 
Oh. Hey, hey, you know, <laughs> to each their own, bro. He loved it. <laughs> uh, yo, yeah. but think about like people, you know, I mean, we're talking a lot about that time, which is cool. I don't know if we have like a list of things you wanted to go over today, but um, the, we can go over that, whatever, man. Whatever you have that, on your that, mind or anything. That era was, was so cool because you think of like, not only that, but how paintball was evolving, how teams were growing, how skill sets were changing, yeah. how paintball was changing. Um, uh, we talked about, you know, like how we were on ESPN and WGN and Fox Sports, like, uh, and you had guys like Spura and um, uh, I can't even think of all the different people that were creating documentaries and mm-hmm. films. Dan and, Napoli. Yeah, Dan Napoli. Um, Dirt. Uh, speak about, uh, yeah, although, and a lot of those guys are doing the uh, Iron Kids thing right now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing, I'm excited to see that. Fun. Very, very excited. Very excited. It's a, it's a cool, that's a cool, just uh, a whole thing. So, um, you know, paintball was just, it was different and, and people were so passionate about it from the, from the paintball video side of it to portraying it, to getting it out to the public, to just being so involved in it. Um, uh, it was just, it was just a magical time of, of everybody wanting to do it and everybody just really buying in on paintball could be so much bigger than it is now. Now I think we've all fallen into the thing of like, we just accepted paintball as paintball and and we Mm. enjoy playing it. Um, you know, tell me if you think I, I, am missing something, but today, you know, we have leagues that are about, you know, producing a dollar. We have our media about, uh, you know, producing a dollar and, and those things are needed. I I believe they're needed. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be, um, you got to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. I don't see, I don't see the the conglomerate of companies and 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 leagues and you know media and just players. Maybe all of us just that have that same. Uh, how far can we take paintball? You know, like the stars in our eyes. How how big can we take it? Mm-hmm. And not just for the monetary value, just for the the love and passion of the sport. What can we do with it? Right? You know. Um, and it, it kind of saddens me sometimes because I'm like, you know, I tell people about paintball all day long. I, I live and eat and breathe paintball. I get people to the paintball field. That's, that's literally what I do. I, you know, I, I don't do anything besides paintball. And, you know, I can't even really tell people to go watch us anymore, hmm. right? Because they don't have a Go Sports subscription. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to even grow the sport outside of it's fun to play. Come out to my field, you know, like, yeah. you know, so like. It, I just, I, I don't know, I guess I'm just so honored and just, just blessed, you know, we're blessed to have been part of that time where, where everybody believed paintball could be so much more than it was. And, and we're all working towards that goal, you know, from the player to the manufacturer to, uh, you know, the guy taking photos, right. Or, or doing yeah. videos, you know? So, um, it was a magical time. Uh, speaking of which I should, uh, uh, I, I told you, or I was posting up earlier, I was telling people that. I would let them know what's going on. So I don't know when you're going to air this, but um, uh, Monkey with a Gun reexists again, right? With mm-hmm. Ant and a couple guys, right? They they uh, they bought Monkey with a Gun from Spura, and they are been doing film and, and video. So I've been working with them the last six months. We tracked down the original fabric from my original. Thomas Taylor headband from 2004, 2005 is the actual fabric, wow. not a remake. Not, um, you know, someone printed it in their garage, the real deal. And, um, we have, uh, I 
created 200 headbands. The first 100 headbands are on their way to me right now. And we are dropping those uh, the headbands on, on Friday on, on my website. So, um, Damn. yeah, I'm, I'm real excited about it. Just uh, just uh, we did it in such small spurts back then, right? You mm-hmm. know, so um, I've been receiving messages for like over 13 years for people to sell, you know, to sell this bad boy right here that I still wear to tournaments, right? You know, to, and she's a little rough around the edges, right? You know, Um <laughs> Uh, but I still wear it at least, you know, two or three events a year. Right. Uh, but I don't have extras to sell. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we were able to affect, uh, track down that, uh, that factory, that, that, that place where, uh, Spiro would get his, uh, fabric from and they had a roll of it left and, uh, I bought all the entire roll and, and we're gonna, we're gonna put these out one more time. So I'm, That's I'm awesome. real happy. About it. Yeah. So yeah. Crazy. Right. You know, to find that OG fabric and do it like that's where was it? So um, there's a place down in uh, in SoCal that he would just buy his fabric from. So they um, they messaged him and they they uh, oh, they so looked through. Locally. And, yeah, it's sourced Sweet. locally. Yeah, it's all made. It's all made here. The, well, so normally before they were all made um, down there in SoCal. So all the fabric was bought and was shipped um, over to um, over to Ant, and um, he has some people he's been working with to to make his own headbands. They've been trying to remake some of the stuff, but a lot of their stuff was like, you know. Uh, and, and no offense to sublimation, it's just printed on there, right? So it's just mm-hmm. no, no different than a jersey or something else. And, um, you know, I wanted the real, the, you know, the real deal. I mean, this is every bit of this is stitched. You there's know, meaning. Like, there's there's meaning yeah, behind I mean, everything. Yeah, like that's all stitched in there. It's all, you know, that fabric, that pattern, right? Yeah. You know, it's all, it's, it's not woven. just a, yeah, it's not just printed in there, right? So to, to be able to find that um, actual material, I was, dude, I was so elated, bro. Because I was like, <laughs> no way. But I want to be able to, you know, I want to, I want to be able to pass them down. Like I've been, I'm building these packages for my kids. You know, they each got a Heroes for a Day DVD. They got a Serial Killers Two DVD. You know, I got them that uh, the famous book that just came out, right? You know, um, you know, so I'm building these packages because I'm not gonna be able to do this forever. I mean, I turned 42 yeah. in June, bro. I mean, I still enjoy really? it. And still, yeah, it's still pretty dude, good. You're a people monster. Myself. <laughs> you know, like, you're a beast, dude. Still, thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, I still work out a lot, and I still do it. It just gets harder every year, you know. I, mean, I don't know how, it, dude. You look, you year, look younger so. every year. I don't know what the deal is. You're Benjamin buttoning, buttoning every single year. I, I'm getting younger, bro. Yeah, I don't know. Like... I just... <laughs> um, you know. So, uh, yeah. That's I mean, sweet, dude. But yeah, yeah, I'm super, super excited to be letting the guy. I put out the heroes for, or I put up the, uh, the bear star jersey. I work with um, John Dresser to recreate um, our original jersey. Um, mm-hmm. In was it December? So I put out a hundred of those, and I kind of feel bad. I should have put out, you know, probably two fifty of them um, because they they sold out in like. I don't know, like an hour, forty five minutes or something. Oh yeah. So a lot of people just were like dude, why didn't you make more? And I was like, honestly, I didn't, I didn't know many, that many of you would want them. I just wanted to make it limited. So dude, it was the same know. thing with the H2K guns. When, when I was doing those, I was just like, eh. it, because when I talked to Jacko, he was like, well, we're just gonna, we're gonna make a run of 20. I was like, that's fine. I'm going to really try and sell them, you know, the best I can. Right, you're feeling worried, like, right? You just don't know the people that are actually wanting the stuff. I mean, I, I, I right. hear things here and there, but it's not like you know exactly how many people are waiting in the wings to, like, you know, to, to snag whatever thing that you put out there that they want. 
and right. it's just it's it's cool to see that that nostalgia stuff is is still desired yeah i mean and the h2k is really cool right i mean and it has a long history i listen i listen to your podcast with the uh tyler Harmon and uh um uh, marcelo the other day you know and uh that was a pretty good one uh it was a good one it was a good one you know and i just i like how you stole the told the story of the h2k and like how it came about and i mean i mean i think a lot of people that are buying that stuff from you know that right and they know the history behind it and it just looks cool so let's just be real about it right so i mean when it looks cool and edgy and it has a story it's it's sweet (laughs) right so um you know it's uh uh that's pretty rad i mean I, i love that you're you're dropping stuff like that you know and you know i know you're a die person now because you're playing for the team but, you know, die, don't get mad at Carl. Working with Eclipse is just awesome, right? Working with Jacko is awesome. Um, you know, and I have I have been blessed to be part of that company for the better probably 14, 13 of my 20 pro years-ish, maybe maybe a little less, maybe a little more. You know, I, I'd have to go back and do all the numbers, maybe more than that. Um, uh, but to be with them from the very, very start before they even had a gun, using their prototype guns in 2005, you were on the team then. Yeah. Um, when we were shooting their prototype guns, right? I they remember. didn't even have they were, it. It was wasn't a white a box, dude. It. it was a white yeah. box that you just opened up and it was just in there. And it's yeah. like, yeah, dude, they I shot. have a name for it. I shot Eclipse <laughs> from there on. Like every team, right. like every single team that I was on, this is the first year that I'm not shooting die. And it's, it's a little weird to get used to, but it was like, I mean, just like we all, we all adapt, right? And, you, you know, if, right. put, put whatever in our hands, we're going to go out there, but you know, Planet and the company are, are, are amazing, and and I can't wait to build a relationship with Dai. Um, but it's just it's it's so crazy to see f- the evolution of all these markers, and all of them at the high end are just crazy good. Like it's in, it's insane how how well all these markers are made. Well, I mean, we've gotten to a point in paintball where uh, the manufacturers have made such good product. It is hard to improve it. Yeah, it really is. It's there's a reason you know, CS2s have been selling like hotcakes for three years. Yeah, years. Like you still can't keep them on the shelf. Like I mean, that's that is impressive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you know, I, I always look forward to what's going to come next because I'm like excited for the new new and selfishly you're like, oh, I can make some new products and I can sell some stuff and I'm sure they think the same thing, but like what are they going to come up with next that makes it better? You know, can you make it better? Can you blow my mind again? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I'm sure there's, you know, I can always think of new ways to do stuff. I'll make everything toolless. Cause that would be sweet for someone like me that doesn't want to carry on tools. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> how do you make a marker self lubing? Cause if you come up with that, <laughs> I might be a big fan, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the little things now that come to you. Cause the like, markers <laughs> just shoot so stinking well. Right. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Uh, I love it though because yeah. you know that everybody is, you know, like now you know now shooting this because you you shoot a marker for so long and you get so accustomed to it, and then you're like ah you know I don't you know right away you're obviously gonna be like I don't know if I'm gonna like this because you're I'm, you're so accustomed right to not just not just on a on a speaking level being like you know I no I I'm not gonna like that or I'm like you know just just from a, a playing level because you play with it so much you don't know if you're going to like something else. And then you go over and you shoot something else. You're like, this fucking gun shoots great too. It's, it's right. crazy. Just the, the engineering. And it's almost like they're going to have to start adding meat 
to the guns and then milling them down from there and then also for a different milling, right? And then right. also try and figure out really how to – I mean, what what else are you going to do? That's what, what else I'm are you going to do? Make it toolless and self-lubing, and I, I have – that's it. That's all I need. I just want it to lube itself, and I don't want to have to pay it, pull out an Allen wrench. You can come up with those two things. You have the perfect marker. Well, you know what? You know what I bet would be kind of cool is if you had the if you had the grip, like you had the or the frame itself, you had that you like kind of go in like this and then lock in and then some kind of lever that flips up and then locks the bolt in and the and the grip all in one yeah, and then all now and then, yeah. Done. And why it's aired up it can't come apart. Yeah, it's yeah, it's locked. Yeah. Yeah, make like, it. I don't when know. When the air turns know. on, no, it's easy. The air turns on, it drops the pin down, it's locked. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, everything See, else. There you go. When the air comes on, boom. Jack, I only want. 10%. You're welcome. You're welcome. Ten <laughs> percent of the next ten years with the markers. That's all I. You know how many <laughs> times I thought I was an engineer and I'm just an asshole just talking on a podcast? Hey, listen, listen, listen. I don't talk any trash because you know how I roll. I shoot my gun, I throw it in the gear bag, and then I pull it out. And I try not to do anything else with it ever, 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 even if there's a fire. I mean, we were doing a photo shoot the other day for our uh, OTL, like uh, Thomas Taylor, my 20-year product uh, product drop. Um, And uh, so we did did have some filming. Shout out to Patty. Yeah, Patty Gleason, OTL, living that life. Uh, We dropped a uh, collaboration jersey. Speaking of all of you that bought one of those, you're going to get a discount code for my headband early release so oh, anybody that bought the infamous jerseys and the otl jerseys they're getting a pre-release on the headband so they get first dibs which um is going to be huge because they ain't gonna make it long um <laughs> uh, they ain't gonna make it long um but uh uh i lost my train of thought i got, I got the I got. uh <laughs> the photo shoot <laughs> yes yes <laughs> the gear <laughs> i gotta pull my gear out morning of Carl, if you'd have seen my mask, you'd have been ashamed of me. <laughs> Dude, I, the worst is wearing somebody else's mask. Like, like if yours is too dirty you to like know. at a tournament, you're like, this fucker's been breathing heavy and throwing up in it and spitting and all this stuff, and he, you put it on, and you're like, uh, uh, like. Dude, it's so bad. So bad. I threw that thing inside the sink with hot water. I let it sit for like an hour. I came back. I couldn't even see the mask under the water. We're just <laughs> gone. <laughs> just like in sludge. Hey, kudos to Push, baby. Tried it out. It all came back together. I didn't lose any there foam or nothing. I just threw slap it all together. <laughs> she worked. <laughs> it was so bad. You think after 20, what, 25 years of playing, 20 years of pro, uh, I'd clean my stuff, but I don't. That's why I appreciate the stuff that just works. There you go. I clean my gear. Hey, hey, hey. For all you out there, I still cl- I clean my gear gear, like stuff I'm going to wear, like my pads yeah. and like stuff like that. Uh-uh. you got to clean that. You're going to get yourself staff or whatever. <laughs> I'm talking about the stuff that gets shot up all the time, like your inside of your loader. That's eh, just a little pain in there. Most of the balls will still shoot straight. You know, <laughs> I mean, you only need to see out of your left eye. What is the right eye for anyway? <laughs> Dude, I'm a stickler when it – it's weird. Like, like for me, I always <laughs> – the little one? <gasps> Hi. All right, all right. <laughs> that's my that's my baby, baby. That's London. Um, yeah. Uh, you clean your stuff? Oh, well, or no? Are you, I did, are you, are you the I, I started to pull I, the bolt out. Yeah, dude. I'm like, I am like, like go through everything and 
check everything, check all the O-rings, lube all the O-rings, uh, deep clean the barrel, the nooks and the crannies and everything, and make sure it's like spotless and 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 freshly lubed for the next practice and everything. Like there, I I let it have a break-in period, but I feel like I can tell when something's like when there's a little bit too much lube, when there's not enough, when it's shooting dry, when like, I, I just like to know it in and out. Like, like just the other day I tore the DSR down all the way and then put it back together again. Like just to know exactly. Does it still like, fire? I don't know. I don't have air, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I did that with all of my planet, you know, my LVs for years. Right. And essentially it's all the same. It's like they're same theory, right? Everything. It's all based on the same yeah. theory. So, you know, I didn't even look at the manual. I did it all by myself. I feel uh, proud of myself. I would definitely test that before you get into a gunfight. I'm okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, to be fair, like uh, balls these days are a lot different than back when we first started. Like they all have like that fuzz on them, right? So your bolt gets yeah. fuzzy. I don't know what that what that deal with that is. They say it's from the towels they dry them on, but mm. I don't know. Yeah, it seems a little weird because we didn't used to have that at all. That wasn't even a thing, you know, like um, – but uh, I do have to pull that out every now and then. You pull that bolt out, and I wipe that little tip off, and I put it back in there. So, I mean, that yeah. that does happen. Just suit a little lube on the tip of that thing. Do you, know I do, do you use grease? Yeah, just the Eclipse grease. I like that stuff the best. I What I did is for the uh, the bolt itself, like the, the, the tip of the bolt that's going to be going across the, the paint, the balls when they drop in, I use oil. Oh, really? And that, that I use oil there, and then obviously the uh, the grease for everything else. But for the tip of the bolt, for the tip, and then also for the LV, like for the bolt itself, because it, there there wasn't any right, ceiling well, points. Itself, you need you want the lube on. You want yeah, I would I would lube the outside, but then I would also lube like the top area of and the face, so that it would just okay. So LV or CS two, bro, bro, you're gonna LV it, aren't you? LV, LV, bro, all, all day. day. See, so so listen, so listen, I have this trouble, right, right, because. I shot the LV when it first came out, mm -hmm. um, and then we've been shooting the CSs, you know, because that's the infamous makes the CS models, anyways. Yeah. Um, but because I think I had, you know, I left Eclipse for like what was it, three or four years? Mm -hmm. So I shot the Axe, and then I think I shot the Axe for two years, and then I shot the um, uh, um, Lux for two years, and then I came back. And we shot the CS for one year. That was a CS 1.5, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And then I picked up a, an LV. It was like a whole different animal, right? Like, you know, like, because you, I went, all the rest kind of are like, you know, a little shot deck character, but it was just a different, a different animal. So, and I'll be interested because I'm sure there's going to be a new LV coming. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's new everything in all companies because we're so far behind everything with the COVID years. Yeah. But, I think I could get back on the LV train if it didn't have that little pipe. That doesn't matter. It does. It do, I it never noticed have, it. I never, yeah, but you've never been using noticed it forever. It. Like you're used to it, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, maybe I know how to do you know it. Yeah. Right. I mean, I just I feel like without that little pipe, and I'm sure it can't be that hard to to run the air through the gun. I mean, every gun you can run the air through it at this point, right? You know. Well, you just so. gotta you just gotta put the regulator inside the grip. Right. Just, once, once, instead yeah. of, but yeah, I don't I don't know how that now changes 
the the innards of where the solenoid solenoid is, where the le- the the lever is, and everything. But couldn't you just run an air pipe like the old um the old Matrix or the old Angel had? I mean, you might not. It doesn't have to be as big and bulky, but I mean, you know, what I'm saying you could run that internal air, right? You just run the air down the side of the body, is what I'm saying, or underneath the body. For in, I mean, as long as you pre-drill a tube in there and it comes down in, you yeah. should be able to run it. But I'm sure they I have it figured out. And I, I'm yeah. sure it's coming. We don't know it. I mean, it, may, it might not be that, but yeah. I just have a feeling that every company that's out there in the next probably 12 months is dropping all new stuff mm-hmm. because, you know. Companies were on this like do 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 just drop it drop it drop it and COVID slowed everything down. Yeah. So I mean, all these engineers that work for these companies, they got to still be engineering. I mean, mm-hmm. still getting a oh, paycheck. Yeah. So they've probably just been just been creating like crazy. They can't make do with <laughs> this little mad making... scientist. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, like I would just be like, guys, I got it. Create. Gun is gonna le- it's gonna levitate. You don't even have to hold it. <laughs> Just think about pulling the trigger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I did I did a little engineering myself that I have something coming out here soon that I think okay. I think you would enjoy. You? And uh, really? yes, nothing no, like it on the market. Yeah. And um and yeah, so I have that in the mix. I have a couple other things in the mix. Um obviously all the H two K stuff. But um dude, I was actually I was actually very surprised at how that DSR shoots. Like I shot it last weekend or the weekend before Easter, I shot it then and I was like, "Fuck, man, this actually shoots really." It, honestly, it reminded me of the uh, the older Matrixes. So, is the the DSR is below the M3? Yes. Okay, and is M3 the newest model? Yes, and I think I think the DSR. God, I sound like such an idiot. I think the DSR has a different bolt system. Uh, inside I've of it. I've heard a lot of people would... like the DSR over the M2, or what was the last version before the M3? M3, M3 Plus is the newest one. Okay. So I heard a lot of people like the DSR over the M3. I don't know about the M3 Plus. I haven't heard much about that. Um, yeah, the DSR so... Plus, that's what I'm shooting now. Um, okay. Which shoots great, but I have not shot an M3 Plus yet. So I don't really have, as far as the die, the die platform, I don't know... I don't have anything to compare it to yet because I haven't shot an MP plus. Okay. But it shoots it it like it, that's what instantly what I thought out of was like the old matrixes, like the old school stack ones. Dude. But lighter. If it shoots like that, that. It's ridiculous. I love that shot. Still still my favorite. Yeah. Still my favorite. All right, so let's so the H two K, you got a new website? Is it up? Yeah, yeah, it's up right now. I'm um we're working on uh Quinn and I are working on like a little blog that's going to go with it. I'm going to try and put new product out like every week uh, and just add new product to the website. Every week? Yeah. You're an animal, dude. I am working my butt off and I can I get stuff like out every like five weeks. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just going to – I that's the goal. The goal is to have one new product added every week um, to just have on there but then also have like – because what we're going to do is we're going to be dropping like signature series. Uh, we're going to do more planet markers. We're going to do uh, some die markers. We're going to work with uh, different. We're in talks with some a few different companies on making some uh, some signature, you know, small batch products. And then we're going to we have our own products in the in the workings that we're waiting on patents for. Um, but I love that. Yeah, love and it's that. what's and patents on it. What's cool. Is okay. I mean, what sucks? <laughs> what sucks right you. now is that it's we're waiting on the patent, which because right now we're like we're waiting to pull the trigger. 
on to like because I I have Quinn sent me like he sent me like three um, alloy uh, prototypes in the mail that I'm gonna you know try and torture and tear apart this weekend to kind of really get a feel for them. Um, okay. But I'm going to do that this weekend, but then we're literally waiting to pull the trigger right as soon as we hear the patent. And I'm going to try and get them out this season and we're going to send them. We're going to have a, a batch sent out to a lot of the like probably yourself is probably going to get one and a oh, few I love it. people, but there is nothing like it on the market. And I, people have already heard me talk about it, but um, I hate to overhype it, but it's just something exciting for me because I, I drew it up and I think it just solves a very common issue that we've all ran into that nobody's seemed to have an answer for yet. Um, okay. So without giving away the product, first off, I want to say anything you create, I got your back. <clears throat> Thank you. So, and it is one of the, well, you hold a special place in my heart, Carl, obviously because of our history. So, you, you too, know, man. there there's, you're, you're like that little brother, to me, you know, that grew up. I know that you're taller, faster, better looking. But oh no, still, uh, still, still, still like the little brother. So I will always support you in anything you do. But as I get older and probably more mushier, I'd like to say wiser, but probably more mushier. Um, I have come to see how important it is uh, for the pro community to support each other, and. I don't want the big companies that are listening to this to take it in the wrong way because I have supported pretty much every company that exists and I have been very loyal and I will always be loyal and I will always support the companies that support paintball. Um, but the small companies have all pretty much died or been bought out. And I don't know that if we don't support each other in what we do, whether it be uh, the play, the, the game stuff, or whether it be, you know, uh, you know, Alex and Spica doing their, their tiger wear stuff, or, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of, you know, the OTLs, the, um, the map trainings, the, you know, um, uh, what is it? The, uh, I, there's a bunch of people out there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm missing the D's on docs, right? Sorry if I'm missing people. I mean, I try to support everybody currently that's in a pro and doing something. And I think it's so huge, and I hope that um, your fans and my fans and everyone else's fans and players, just fans of paintball, um, really dive into supporting the pros and what they're doing because we do have all the years of knowledge and experience in, in it and our passion, and I think that's what's going to allow us to continue to help evolve the sport. And, you know, and us supporting each other and having each other's back and not looking at each other as um, uh know competition or threats or anything else and understanding that paintball is an awesome wonderful community uh i don't i don't know that there's currently anything that outside of you know shooting all y'all that's more important to me in paintball right now right you know it i really i really value it you know i try to listen to everybody's uh, podcasts or, or a lot of the shows and i just i just want us all to to help build each other up. You know, I mean, you look what Travis has done with infamous. You look what the dynasty's boys are doing with field one, you know, you look at, you know, what Diesel's doing and you know, what X factor is doing. And you look at all these, um, uh, these teams and players that are, that are, that are excited and making products and doing stuff. And that is going to be the future of our sport. Um, and, and going to help to continue to grow it. And, you know, so, 
bro, you got something cool coming down the pipes. I got you. I got you. I want to promote the crap out of that. You know what I'm saying? Like I got you all day. I appreciate it, man. Um, I do. And, and know that I, I feel the same way about you and, and about supporting you. And, um, you know, I look at it as back in the day, I hate doing this shit. Cause I hate, like, I, I don't want to, I don't like reliving the past. I like remembering the past, but then also letting it die because I'm always trying to like reinvent myself. Right. And then like always, not that, not that the past doesn't matter, but it's also the future to look forward to, you know, that I'm, that I'm trying to keep track of, but, but not, not particularly like letting it die, but not letting it control the future. Um, but I think back like on a lot of the events that I remember going to when I was young, it was like you had a bunch of the, you know, a good handful of the big vendors and then you had yeah. all the little vendors. So many. So many. I feel so like many. we are now the little vendors. Right. That's what we need to be. Carl, and that's what I'm telling you. We need to be the little vendors. Yeah. We need to be we need to be that catalyst because Joe Blow shows up and he makes something cool for a marker or he makes something cool that helps you play paintball, whatever it is. Yeah. The big company going to swallow them up in a couple seconds or they're not going to be taken legit or it's going to cost them $20,000 to go set up a booth at an NXL. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's, it's, it doesn't, they don't have the platform to make it happen. Right. You know, and we, not necessarily, you know, depending on what we do, or whatever. But yes, we we can be the little vendors. We can give back. We can help create uh, growth and change and um, uh, spark a a a new a newness of, of what's going on in excitement. So mm-hmm. um, I agree, bro. I agree. Like there's and there's only so many of us left from like those generations, right? I mean, our numbers are dwindling. Yeah, you know. A lot of people have decided to take on real life as a full time thing, you know. Yeah, like, true. You know, so, um, but I'm excited. I don't know what you got coming, but I'm excited about it. I'm excited. <laughs> I know. I, I like hope it. I haven't. You I don't, start I don't, saying patents. I don't think I gave it away. I'm all about it. Well, the reason I the reason I had to get patent for it one, I just didn't want anybody to take the idea, right? Because my big mouth, you know, something right. would happen, and then, but then also because uh, it was a problem that we've all gone through. But nobody's come up with a solution for it, and I feel like this is that solution. Um, Love it. Yeah. So I'm like just super stoked about it. I just, I really, I just, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. I hope everybody is excited about it uh, as I am. I'm holding it in my hand right now, and I'm looking at you. And I'm don't, like, don't, do not, don't show me, don't <laughs> show me. Don't show me. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm just, I'm excited, and I just uh, because it's also like not, not because I want to make something and make money off of it and blah blah blah. It, it's truly a passion project because I, I feel like, you know, we went through the trenches and I tried to figure out a problem that we all had and that we all still have. And and it's really, truly a passion project because I feel like it's not just some s- scam to make money. It's literally just like me truly feeling passionate about the sport and wanting to help progress the player and make it more convenient for the player. And, you know, right. Just the best I can. Um, so do we have a timeline on the patent? Uh, hopefully hearing back sometime within the next three months. I want right. to have it out I mean, this season. 
What um how long would you start the process? Uh beginning of the year, I believe. Beginning of the year and they already came back to us asking for a little bit more information. Which okay. means which which tells me that it's at least in the uh in the the range of happening soon, hopefully. Okay. I don't know what I'm talking I love about. It. Well, I know I know um so can you release it as patent pending or are you afraid like one of these companies, we won't name names that likes to knock everybody off. will just knock you off. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, because I'm obviously just, you know, it's only me and, and my partner. It's, we, it's not like we're some giant conglomerate or anything. Right. Um, right. You're not going to be able to go and like fight some kind of big court battle and sue them. Exactly. And do we all make, that. Right. We make a batch of like a thousand or whatever. And then they hurry up and go to their shop and they make 20,000 and then it get, markets gets overrun with theirs instead of ours. And it's, it's just like, so I would much rather just kind of hold out for as long as I can. Um, and then as soon as I get that patent pending, it's uh we we make the phone call and get them made i love it i love it i love i like that I like that's a process man i've looked into oh, it and that's dude, a, it's it's killing a, me dude it's it is a process me. yeah it's tough but it's 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 fun because i feel like it, i feel like it will happen this season at least i fucking hope but i uh it's kind of cool too because I'm, I'm like playing again so to have it come out the same season, like where I'm coming back and everything. And it's, 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 are you just coming back because love will beat us? Is that what it's going on? hundred percent. I knew that was what it was. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm Pando had talked to me a few different times over the years of trying to pull me over. Um, hell to dude, 2019, him and I talked, you know, the year after I, I retired, um, we talked and we, we've been on and off for, you know, ever since I've been retired and it just so happens that this year and, and it, I mean, it has to be true. Like even after the first event, like I still wasn't, didn't even plan on playing even a few months ago. I would, I had no, you know, no plan on playing or anything like that. But then it just so happens. Like I was able to work out something with my work and everything. And it just kind of, you know, took place and i did i told pando i was like dude i don't just i just want to play man i don't need anything i just i just want to play i just want to help i just want to help out and help a local team a local pro team like your your uh yourself and the guys and i just want to do everything i can to be positive and help you guys move forward because that's a lot for me it's it's not that it's a lot of pressure i just feel like it's a lot of like if if they don't do well, it's because of that. You know what I mean? Or, but then on the other hand, if they do do well, it's, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's because of me, but because those guys are going to do well, you know, they'll, they'll fucking win without me or whatever. Like they, they have that ability to do, to do that. I just, you know, saw it as like, Hey, let's, let's give it a go and see if I can still do it. And if they would have open doors and want me to come in and help out, then I would love to. Sweet. I love it. Well, I'm happy to have you back, bro. I know, dude. I can't wait to come out and play against the best. Play Billy. against you. Billy, right? Yeah. 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 
yeah, we're gonna go play this Dallas event. I'm not, I'm not really happy about it, but <laughs> I didn't realize so many pro teams are going on there to play it. You might as well call it a major event. Well, they should have just made it a major, and then we would all had to go, and we could have gone on with life. Now we're like, is this a major or is this a minor? Do we have to play sack also? Uh, you, you don't even get money if you win. It's just minute. points. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is the most ridiculous thing ever. I'm less less than pleased about it, dude. You'll be all so right. If you're gonna make it happen, let's make it happen. Let's go all in. Don't go half in. Don't don't use us to promote your small events, you know, or smaller events like mm-hmm. you know. Or if so, like give us free entry or something, dude. You know, like make it easier on these teams that got to afford to be there. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of feels like they're they're forcing us to almost play six events. You know, um, if you're going for a series title or whatever, right? So. Yeah, because don't you have to? You have to place in one of those to to have it really truly count towards the series. Yeah, because you need five five scores, and you take your best score from either minor. So yeah, you're being forced to play a minor. If if you right. if the series title matters to you, well, or if you don't want to get relegated, so it depends. Are you a top four team? Are you top six teams? Maybe you don't have to play one. We probably still have to play one if you want to stay there for your sponsorship and everything else next year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you play, uh, if you're a bottom team, say you're below ten, and you didn't play either, that could be what gets you relegated. Even though you're placing well in the four major events, I'm not saying if you're b- below, like below. 10. Oh, below the ten uh, spot mark. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, because point wise, because what they last I heard, and it, you know, it's always evolving and changing. That it didn't matter if there was four teams there or twenty teams there, you're going to get the same points. So four teams show up and you get first place points like there was twenty teams you beat. And, you know, so if you get, there's what, 15 teams now playing this next one, 14 teams, whatever it is, team 14 is actually going to get 14 points, 14th, like there was 20 teams there. Wow. Right? So that is huge because you're not getting 20th points or you're Mm -hmm. not spreading that. You're not spreading the 100 points out over 14 teams. They're still spreading them over like over the 20, same point. So if you go. So it's actually worse if you're. A lower team, yeah. Or you place you place lower at that event. It's actually worse. That's yeah. So I mean, it's whereas you know, if you had you know, I think last year they didn't do points at all. But in the in the in the history of paintball, when there was less teams, the points got spread out different, right? right. So you know, you spread those points out over sixteen teams. So it would actually, you know, first is still first, but the rest of the spots are kind of more heavily weighted, mm-hmm. right, on the way down to to sixteen. Um, last I heard it was going to be just, you know, what, like I said, if you went to a major and won it, or you went to a minor and won it, it's the same amount, whether it's four teams or 20 teams, yeah. you know, and, um, or second or third or fourth, it's all the same points. So it, uh, it's going to affect teams that decided not to play it. So like this event, I think there's five, five teams not going, um, thunder uprising, uh, Saints just dropped out. Russians aren't playing. And DMG, for sure. I know those teams aren't playing this one. So they don't play this one at all, right? And say so they play the next one, but all these teams decide to play that one also, right? Mm-hmm. So that could shove them down to the bottom and say they have a bad event there. Because they at that. least have those teams who played that minor at least have the points from that minor. Right. 
so they played this first minor, yep. so we all play this first minor, and then we go play the next one. We get to take the best of the two scores. Mm-hmm. The teams that decided to only play one, if they have a bad event, they're stuck with that. Right? So it could it could really affect the season standings. It really could affect who gets eliminated. You know? Yeah. Let's say the Russians can't play either minor. Right? Either one. And they have a, a middle middle of the road season. But they have a zero for one event. Does that yeah. put them at the bottom? All of a sudden? You know, like you, you know, like it could mm-hmm. be because if each one of the other teams in the bottom, you know, do well at one of the minor events, because there's only 16, 15 teams at this one, and there's only say eight teams at the next one, so they get a top eight score, and they get, you know, they get to jump up there, even though they didn't deserve it necessarily, because there wasn't twenty teams there. But then a team that doesn't play any of them gets a zero. That takes them way down the standing boards. It also it also messes up the brackets for the season, because your next draw, you got this team that's a top five team, sixteen. Coming in and the bottom tier. Yeah. So what makes so, the minor event the minor event? They said it's minor. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> yes, it, dude. <laughs> but, but, I mean, other than that, anybody can play it, right? Any of the pros right. can play well, it. Like, so last year, what made it a minor, and this is where I was really on the NXL's like side, like this is cool, is... um. Uh, there was an open division that was capped at X amount of teams, pros, semi-pros, whatever could play it, but there was no semi-pro or pro division and no semi-pro or pro team got points for the season. Right? That's what I thought it was. That's what I thought it still was. was. Not anymore. No, now it actually counts for you. So that's what it was last year. And what they, what they promoted was this was going to allow um, the growth of the sport more uh, go sports time for like D2 teams, D1 teams, um, more, you know, more opportunity for pros to see other players play um, and, and more about building a local scene, um, smaller traveling than, than a major event where you have to travel across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that would turn into uh, some TV show event they were going to try to pull off in January of each of each year, right, to kind of cap off the season. Yeah. Um, so then you had a lot of, of, of lower division teams playing these minors purposely trying to, you know, get their, get in their limelight and go sports and then, and then working for their season standings. Hmm. Now they're saying it's a minor event, but we have to get points up with, from one of them. So uh, there literally is no difference because when 16 team goes, guess what? Ain't none of these other teams getting on go sports. Cause we just hogged up the, fr- the, the main field for the whole Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we're all going to be on there. You got to play our games. Ain't gonna change. We got that many teams now, right? So, yeah. I don't know. I it was either not well thought through, or it was only thought through on the business end of the, the of it to up the numbers, you know. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe they were. Maybe they saw the Astro event and had like twelve teams, and they didn't like that or something. I, I'm not. I'm not really sure. But I would prefer just to stick to what we've always done, which is five events, or let them both be minors. And if teams want to go, they can go. You know, because that's just good for intermixing, you know, like remember when we first, you know, when we were first playing, talking about our first years, you know, you would play two amateur teams every event, right? Or an amateur teams would play two pros and two novice teams, right? Like Mm -hmm. there was like this flux up and down and it was kind of cool because you got to gauge yourself and you got, you know, you got these different experiences. Um, 
that that to me is like cooler for a minor event, right? You know, yeah. like help throw paintball and get that inter- intermixing and get some more TV time for people and things of that nature. But yeah, yeah. that's out of my pay range to try and figure that shit out. Yeah, I pretty much just go one. on here and just have opinions about everything without any education. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, let me tell you, one plus one almost equals two, at least sixty percent of the time. There you go. There you go. Where can people find that fancy shirt that you're wearing? Yeah, so uh, I launched my website last year around June or July, thomastrolltaylor.com. They can come on there, and we have the 20th year products. Uh, We're going to be dropping limited runs like you're talking about, like uh, not every week, uh, (laughs) but we've dropped three or four so far. Uh, I did a collaboration with uh, Finlay Hats. Uh, That's a... uh, Jimmy Hickey from the Uprising Camp. He has nice. his, his hat company up here in Portland. Um, and then we've done our own stuff. And then we did the uh, collaboration with OTL. Uh, I also do my Fuel by Fire line. That's what I do with uh, with all my uh, markers, you know, whether I've done the GOs and the LVs and the CSs. Uh, and I have uh, the 170Is dropping probably next week. So that's uh, the Fuel by Fire guns. It's the, the um, doing barrels and uh, markers and skull caps and things of that nature. So, right. um, but yeah, Thomas We got it all there, and that's where we're doing the uh, the throwback throwback runs, the jerseys and the headbands, things of that nature. Um, but yeah, yeah, we got it got it set up. It has my paintball history on there. Got some videos playing, and uh, but I like the idea of a blog. You know, I haven't thought about adding a blog to it. That 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 sounds cool. You know, I could I could do something like that. I like that. Yeah, I I never I never had a blog before, and I'm still not very good at the social media thing, um, so I don't know how well that's gonna go. But we're definitely gonna try it because to me, it's just an, it's another thing that I have to not necessarily worry about, but that I just have to do. Um, right? Like I'm already like, especially now with having the the nine to five that I have, it's just like so much attention is not going towards where I want it to go, which is this stuff, which is what I'm passionate about. So it's like, it's so tough to kind of like fit stuff in, but then also fit the family stuff inside of that somewhere. And I try and make that a priority, obviously. Um, But it's just, it's getting to that point where it's like that, the H2K stuff is starting to kind of overwhelm my brain rather than the the job. Yeah. Starting to take over. I like it. I like it. We, uh, Tiff, Tiff really pushed me to do the Thomas Troll Taylor stuff, right? She mm-hmm. she pushed the twentieth year stuff. Um, she's been all about it, you know. I mean, she's my, uh, you know, she's my my best friend, my my uh, business partner, you know, the wifey. She's all about it, but uh, you know, uh, once again, I think this is something we should just be doing. You know, we probably mm-hmm. should have been doing it for a lot longer and just. That's what I'm kicking myself day. about. I feel like yeah, why didn't um, I do this earlier? You know, I, I we were so involved in just being players, bro. Mm-hmm. Right? We were so involved in being players, and um, um, but you know, now we have to balance both. So yeah. I'm happy you're doing it. We're we're love doing it. I mean, it's a passion. Like, uh, you know, I got a, uh, I got I got a, a bag. We got to send in the morning. I have like 40 orders. We're sending out in the morning out, out there, and then I got I'm looking over here at another. 12 or 15, you know, local pickups we're going to do on Thursday. And, awesome. uh, you know, uh, you know, we just, uh, I work my regular job at the paintball field and Tuff, Tiff does all the, uh, organizing, the shipping and the labeling. And, and then we're always just brainstorming, making products. And 
hopefully we're going to have something like you. Um, we're, we're probably a little bit farther out. We're probably six months out or more um, to get, but we're, we're working on something special too. So uh, nice. uh, a little you should make a little plush cells. troll doll, <laughs> yes. like a little paintball player plush, like, yeah yeah i got a uh i got one of those um funko's designs you know what i'm saying so the, oh, the yeah. big head <laughs> yeah so <laughs> Let <me see. laughs> there we go uh, oh man ripping. thomas dude thank you thank you so much man it was such a pleasure talking to you and i i i really truly think that you're one of the most adventurous charismatic and aggressive fun to watch and just enjoyable people in the game, and I, I really, really, truly mean that. And I, and I, I feel that you are uh, a great friend and an inspiration to a lot of the younger group that that want to be aggressive and want to be passionate about something. I think you're a great role model for that. And I, I, I think that um, the game would not be the same uh, without you, friend. I, dude, I, I, I truly, I truly appreciate that. I love this game. I love the players in it. I love bringing new people into it, and uh, I just, I just love the fact that I still get to do it at the highest level against against all you ballers out there. So I'm, I'm, I'm still enjoying it, and um, I like talking to you. We should do it again, my friend. Let's let's do it again. We have we have a lot of years of history to keep up on, and uh, you know, as we as we move into our new adventures, it's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to be a guest on the Triple T podcast. Yo, 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 you got to give me the information. Tiffany's been trying to get me some stuff together. So she wants to do a two of us podcast, but she comes at it at a much harsher angle. So I got to make sure I tame her back. <laughs> yeah, dude, but anything, to, any info you need, she, let me know. She, I got to hit you up because she wants me to order all this stuff and she wants to come in hot. I'm like, whoa, whoa, I'm still playing. I'm still playing. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it's, I run a very, very basic show. So I guarantee you probably already have more than half of what you need. All right, Jerry. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Sweet. All right, All right man. Dude, I appreciate you. Keep rocking the shows. God bless. I look, look forward to seeing you and uh, Philly, my friend. Yeah, dude. I can't wait to see you and give, big, uh, give you a big hug. Absolutely. All right, man. Take care of yourself right. and tell the fam I said hi. Will do. Love you, man. Later. Thomas, thank you so much, man. It was great talking to you. And I cannot wait to see you. Everybody, make sure you go over to thomastrolltaylor.com and check out everything that he has there. Uh, you can check out all of his, his whole story. You can check out products that he has, interviews, his timeline, which is insane, uh, 96 to where we are now. And you can find all of his merch over there, hats, hoodies, beanies, throwback jerseys, and even some markers if you're lucky enough to snag one. Man, those things are fancy, but they all look like they're sold out. So hopefully you're lucky and you can snag one. Uh, but yeah, thomastrolltaylor.com for all the goodies from Mr. Troll. And thank you to everybody listening. Much appreciated. If you want to help out with the podcast at all, you can head over to theplayingonpodcast.com. You can also check out h2kpaintball.com if you're feeling froggy. And you can also check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash theplayingonpodcast. Thank you so much uh, for all the support, everybody. Much appreciated. And please keep your eyes on the road. And we'll see you again here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.